0: Hello, and welcome to the Story X Story podcast, where we discuss stories across pop culture, plus give you advice on creating your own. It's episode one hundred and fifty four, and today we're going behind the story. And I'm your co-host, Nigel.
1: I am Tazzy, content creator and co-host.
0: And for our behind the story episodes, we like to talk to creative professionals across industries to unpack their journey. And today, we're going to hear the story behind cosplayer Coco. Coco, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: No problem. You are living proof that when we say to people, hey, would you like to be on a podcast? Uh, we actually mean it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, welcome. Thank you for joining us. For listeners, don't forget you can subscribe to Story X Story wherever you get your podcast from. You can always send us your feedback and questions to studio77 at com or follow us on social media. We are at Mayamada on what I will, for the time being, continue to call Twitter, <laughs> at Mayamada TV on Instagram and TikTok, or at Tazzy on all the above. And we are continuing to work on our new Studio 77 membership, which will give you access to our video content, all the stuff that we've been putting out on Twitch, manga content as we work on new stories and special access to Matter events in future. And you can always join our Discord for free today to be part of the Mayamada universe and meet others in the community and we'll have more on those membership plans as they come together. Before we learn more about today's guests, let's update you with some of the latest from the Maya universe. <music> By the time you are listening to this, a preview of the Origins Against All Odds Kickstarter is up. So we have been working on this for a very long time, putting the story together, putting a campaign together, and the plan is to have a preview that is up that you can check out the story. The story is about Tazzy's character and her journey to the My Matter universe and is part of a uh, what will be an ongoing series called Origins where each of the real-life My Matter team that has been turned into characters in the universe gets a short story to explain like how they got to where they are and it'll be like unique to each character so we're starting with Tazzy you can check out the kickstarter and support project and be notified when it goes live we have our do I look like a gamer campaign and in the what are now the last few months of the year which is always a scary phrase to say we uh, have plans so we launched the campaign last year and the idea is to promote inclusion and diversity in the video games industry and it is now a yearly initiative and we're building on what we did last year and continuing the push for diversity in games culture and industry as we will now uh, always do we start with a snapshot of 40 players and makers with the aim of showcasing the representation that does exist today in the hopes that it will inspire future generations Of diverse talent, and then follow that up with a sequence of events over the year. Uh, So, we have some events coming up where we'll be featuring, and then we have some of our own. We're going to be at EGX London in October. So, we'll be there on Thursday, the 12th, and Friday, the 13th of October. So, we're going to be on different stages or doing different things on stage. So, we've got a new live show idea that we're workshopping, and we're going to put out at EGX is going to help people understand the different pathways into and through the video games industry in what we hope will be an entertaining new format, never before seen. Or at least I've never seen it, so we'll see how that goes. And then we're going to be talking about diversity in video game narrative design on the Friday. So those are the plans. Check out the EGX website, get your tickets, um, and we'll see you there. So we were planning to do our video games jam, which was scheduled to be in October. Uh, We've had to shift the dates on that one. So check out looklikeagamer.com because we'll be updating that website and the Eventbrite page. And if you're following us on socials, you'll see the new date uh, for that. But the idea will be bringing people together, our friends, family, anyone interested in making games, let them loose on a variety of game engines. So we're talking uh, accessible game engines like Nintendo Garage Game Builder, or game garage builder whichever combination of those words that is and dreams things like game maker um we didn't plan to use unity but uh given everything that's happened uh there'll be no unity i think that uh, that probably should be said <laughs> um and just letting people make a game according to a challenge a brief that we are going to set and then get people from the industry to help support People will talk about how to how you use these engines to make games and how those skills can apply in the real world. So will be fun. We did a games design jam early in the year, which was a lot of fun. Uh, and this is going to be a new addition to the lineup of events as part of the campaign. We are still on for the MCM London Comic-Con, which is October the 27th to the 29th. So we'll be bringing the campaign to the October event, like we did with the May event. We'll have the showcase of the 40 photos, the players and makers there. We will also have some games you can play. We'll be running some tournaments over the weekend. And we also have a chance to win tickets to the event. So if you would like to win a ticket to the London Comic Con, definitely follow us on social media because right now we are giving away tickets. Um, So those details will be on our socials, our newsletter, uh, and you can read on how to find, how to win tickets to the upcoming event. And yeah, check out looklikeagamer.com. Stay tuned for news on the campaign uh, and events over the year. Still got more stuff to come. uh, And as we go into 2024, we also have our monthly Studio 77 activities. Um, So For September you can check out the highlights of our Casual Conversations with Comic Creator series which is a monthly conversation where I speak to a different comic creator. In September I spoke with Shazleen Khan so we're going to put highlights of those of that discussion on our YouTube and then you can follow us on Twitch to find out who we'll be speaking to next and we have our games night at the end of the month so from usually the last Thursday of each month We play a different game with our community. We have Bish Bash Bots on our list for this one. And then you can join us from 7pm BST with Studio 77 members live on Twitch. And you can also check out some highlights from past games nights on our YouTube. And if you are an aspiring, uh, young aspiring creative professional or you know one, then do check out our Showrunners Work Experience program. So this is something we launched this year to make work experience opportunities available for young people age 16 and up this is a chance to work with the my matter team across comic video games events and content creation so we've been uh, speaking to some young people in fact i've been speaking to some people uh, today as we record always an interesting experience i'll leave that there uh, you can email us at hello at my if you are interested to find out more and that's all from the my matter universe let's find out more about our guest <laughs>
1: As Nigel mentioned, today we have Coco with us, who is a half-Arab, half-British cosplayer with too many hobbies, I can relate. Based in the north of England, she takes inspiration from her heritage, gaming and anime. Thank you so much for joining us today. So we like to start with a nice easy question. Um, What does creativity mean to you?
2: On paper, that sounds like a much easier question to be said. Um, creativity is kind of a... Well, What it's one of many things. I am dyslexic, which means that a lot of words tend to be difficult. So creativity is just kind of a way to get people to understand a topic of conversation that I wouldn't be able to usually communicate through words especially for me, is really good to kind of offset amounts of stress, which is why I kind of go into cosplay, because it's really good to just kind of get into, like just get stuck into something that can kind of let all of your thoughts roll. It's, it's really, like, it's really, really important. I think creativity is probably one of the highest skills we should
1: kind of go into. Awesome um so sort of looking back to the start of your journey where did you grow up and what got you interested in cosplaying
2: Ooh, good question so i lived in the middle east for about seven of my life but i was born in the uk so i've already had like a mix of um influences growing up so when it kind of comes to transitioning between being like fully English or fully Arabic, I feel like whenever like I make cosplay or whenever I have like an idea, getting into cosplay was just kind of that little marriage of the two cultures, I feel. So it's kind of like in the UK, it's very like, oh, we need to, you know, go out and get things done. Whereas in the Middle East, I found at least growing up that everything was very like visually important so like design was really important so when I came over to the UK I kind of used a lot of what I had from the Middle East to morph into physical things so if I'm like creating a cosplay which I kind of started doing in like 2016 um, I went to my first comic convention it was MCM Manchester and I was like hey well I went there sorry as Esmeralda which you know is an interesting character absolutely love her but she's also very like racially ambiguous so I kind of lent into that a little bit at least coming from like a Disney I was like oh she has brown hair like I do and like slightly tan skin like I do so I kind of found cosplay to be like a little Not like security blanket. What's the word I'm looking for? Like cozy. Like a comfort, creature comfort type thing. Yeah, like a little comfort zone for me. And then it just gave me way too much confidence (laughs) growing (laughs) over the years. Um, But yeah, cosplay kind of became really important from just being a kid, moving countries, learning English correctly, (laughs) (laughs) and then kind of going down, um, just living through life. It just kind of became part of who I was.
1: Yeah. And like when you were growing up, like going through school and stuff, was you into creating and crafting?
2: Yeah, fully. <laughs> um, I think the fact that I moved countries just before like just around like exam periods, um, in high school. So it was like, okay, so you're gonna like hold on a second, my brain just stopped lady <laughs> As I was taking like a lot of GCSEs or if I was like picking certain topics at school, I was always finding myself going down the creative route. So I did fine art, did photography, um, I did media studies, and I just did everything that I could creatively get my hands on. I was like, right, I can make things. Ooh, I could like paint things, I can record things, I can capture things in certain ways that didn't have a language barrier at all. And that was like so important for me, that it literally continued down my education in everything. So I went to uni, did fine art, then did a master's in design, literally was just like, wow, cosplay is great as a part-time thing, but then as like a actual education thing, I'm going to take this and run with it. So I, I do think it's really important to kind of, if you like have a skill that you both like and are good at, just kind of run with it. <laughs> and that was just me with anything creative.
1: And I know before we started recording, you mentioned that your sister streams and that you're on a discord together Are any of your friends or family into cosplay as well or is it just you that does the cosplay side of things
2: Ooh, that is a very good question <laughs> so my I feel like in terms of cosplay that is like for my family that is very much a me thing but when it comes to like I don't know Halloween. Like people will dress up, and then I'm here. Like, oh, I have many things I can wear. <laughs> um, so my mum kind of taps into that. She definitely wants to come to not the London one because I feel like the travel would be too much for my mum. But any of the local ones up north, my mum really wants to cosplay as some characters. Um, I don't know if you know the ah, oh, she's the she's the blind lady in the Princess and the Frog just because mm. my mom has a scarf and it was a scarved woman so my mom was like that will be me i'll cosplay as this character but then <laughs> explaining cosplay to like a muslim woman who like solely watches tv and like how do i how do i explain <laughs> all of these like semi goofy kind of approaches because i don't know she she loves conventions but i feel like she either might get really scared for cosplay or get really into cosplay. And I'm kind of, I'm supportive I'm of both. either option. Yeah.
1: No,
0: I'm just <laughs> I'm just like,
1: no, I've created thing. a monster. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. <laughs> oh, that is really sweet though. <laughs> oh, that will cool. We'll love to see if, if your mum does cosplay, we'll love to, love You'll to see You'll be the
2: it. first to know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we've got a little, um in our Studio 77 called Discord, we've got a little, little space for people to share their, their cosplays so <laughs>
2: Ooh, i'll put whatever cosplay mom decides to do straight up on that
1: that'd be great
2: yeah i was actually thinking of getting my dad into um you know the you know the kfc guy this is so random you know the kfc guy colonel I want, I want to say colonel
0: Sanders. Sanders. we're yeah. very very familiar with colonel saunders right
2: so <laughs> well his past aside, just the fact that my dad kind of looks like Santa, um, I just kind of wanted to like <laughs> have my dad maybe cosplay him. Because I used to work <laughs> at KFC, so I was like, maybe if I wore my KFC uniform, this would be really funny. Just get my dad in an oh, apron. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he he did actually do Santa like locally. So I feel like they kind of know what cosplay is but they don't know that there are like a bunch of cosplayers that can meet at conventions. They just kind of see it as like, oh, Halloween, but lots of people doing it. <laughs> like, uh, not Halloween. Um, <laughs> so it's cute.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. It'll get like a whole family cosplay going.
2: <laughs> One day. <laughs>
1: uh, what was the what was the first cosplay you done? I Ooh, think you... Okay.
2: Yeah, I did kind of mention it. I feel like Esmeralda was the first one I went to a convention in, but in terms of like a non-convention, I'm not too sure. It's a bit of a weird one. I feel like I so when when I moved from the Middle East to the UK, I used to watch loads of Sailor Moon. So I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna do Sailor Moon. Which is my favourite character. <laughs> and then I didn't <laughs> I didn't do that. And I was really upset. Um, but then I feel like it's a lot easier, at least in the UK, to get a lot of. I used to go like charity shopping a lot because um, it was a lot easier to put a character together, like base color wise. You could, or like just closet cosplay a lot of characters to kind of get them ready and then add detail to them later. So I did that early on. And mm-hmm. that's kind of where Esmeralda came in because you can't really get a very specific green corset <laughs> from like anywhere. But I was like, okay, well, here is a here is a corset and then here is a like a white shirt that you can get from matalan or whatever like you can just kind of mix and match a bunch of things i still am reusing a lot of materials but it's weird because instead of it being from a charity shop it's just my mum's. like oh this is too small for me do you want it and i'm like yeah and then i turn into something else completely different (laughs) Uh, it's my favorite thing to do
1: that was really great yeah because i think when we met or the day after we met you said that you're cosplay was made out of like a yoga mat or something
2: yeah yeah it was <laughs> um, I going to car boot sales and just be like you know what i think i can make that into a really nice like <laughs> weapon for some game character uh but oh my god literally looking around my room now i have about three yoga mats so there's three less people in my local area doing yoga right now
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's a bit a bit of an inspiration for me I've got like a yoga mat that's definitely on its way out I've had it for years <laughs> and it's like starting to crumble and I'm like hmm maybe I can use it for a cosplay so we'll 100%. see 100% <laughs>
2: yeah, just get some glue and like a heat gun just heat it squish it it'll work
1: <laughs> out. you might get a message from me like look what I made of the yoga mat <laughs>
2: excited to hear it honestly <laughs> i'm there waiting i've got all of my like notes i'll just send them through <laughs> whatever
1: you want <laughs> So so uh, on that note of uh of what to make cosplays with what's been the best advice you've got for cosplaying and did you follow it
2: oh yes <laughs> that's not the answer The um the general thing about cosplay at least for me is you should always use what you have on you first so if you think, oh, I really specifically need this type of red to go for this skirt because that's what it says on the reference, go as close as you can to the reference. But honestly, do all of your prepwood stuff that you already have. So I have, I don't even know if this is a curtain or like a pillowcase, but I did like a, a mock-up of something using the red fabric that I had from whatever, like the curtain. And then I just ended up actually using it because it was very, very close to a reference anyway. And then even if it doesn't work, you can always turn it inside out and use it as an, just for sewing terms. On the outside is, is the good stuff that you want to show people. And then on the inside, it's kind of like padding, it acts as like a barrier to stop friction and stuff like that. So that inside layer can always be your practice. So you make the practice out of the scrap material and curtains that you have at home. And then you can use the outside to go more closely to the reference if you need to. But I always say start with stuff you have on you, then progress. Because especially if you have, um, what's the term, Um, not like art block, but it's where you just kind of, or maybe it is art block, where you just freeze and you're like, oh, I can't do this because I've got so many um, hurdles to jump over. Like I don't have maybe the money to do certain things or the tools to do certain things. And it's like, well, if you use what you've got, then you're already kind of halfway there. And I do that all the time
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome so you just mentioned sort of one of the challenges that that cosplayers can face and especially new cosplayers it can be quite intimidating there's a lot, lot to face what's the biggest challenge you faced when you began and how did you overcome it
2: oh this is a good question when i began it was just i have no room in my house for all of these collectibles that i've been collecting over years. <laughs> i'm just like oh where do i put my you know three yoga mats that i picked up from a car boot sale and how do i justify buying them whereas i feel like i'm actually more at a challenge now um in terms of the mental game of being a perfectionist because i feel like if you start if you have a couple of years under your belt for doing a certain amount of cosplay in your head well in my head <laughs> um, i'm like oh i've done all of this stuff and i think i'm really good at it and then you are your own worst critic and then you're like actually it's not as good as i thought it was so you're battling yourself and i used to think that the amount of like because i've been doing it for so many years i should be at a certain quality. But realistically, I have a 9-to-5 job. When I started, I was in high school. (laughs) So, like, life is going to happen. And life is obviously more important than cosplay. Cosplay is a hobby. And as every single cosplayer would probably tell you, it's meant to be fun. So when people are stressing out, burning themselves with glue guns on accident, like, it's not. (laughs) It is definitely fun. And we do justify it. But I think people need to reduce the amount of stress that they have again it is literally a hobby for some obviously it is a full-time job i'm kind of going in that way as well and i feel like quality is what makes it but it's really just down to i think just getting out your own head like it will be fine keep going (laughs) and that's the kind of best advice i've
1: got for that that's great advice. Uh, that's one that I have to remind myself of my hobbies. It's like, this is supposed to be for fun. Um, <laughs> totally, totally understand that and can relate to that. Um, I do have to just like go back because um, you said about where you're storing all the things you've got. Did you come up with a solution from, for that? Because I, I need notes
2: yes <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this is yes i do so ikea became my best friend after charity shops did because they are incredibly bright pre people like the designers they're insane i have like tools in one section and then general supplies in different boxes. I'm just turning around. I know you can't see, but I'm turning around and looking at my, I think they're called a calyx, but basically they're yeah. four by four, like the little Minecraft squares, like a little blocks of like drawers that you can pull out. got one for props that are smaller than my arm, <laughs> which is very specific. <laughs> um, but I've got props and then I've got fabrics. So they're all in like separate little boxes and categories. But one thing I did find really useful was if you have a character, put everything in one box. Um, so my last character was samira from league of legends i had she has a giant sword which is massive where do you put that so most people who smart people tend to have them separately like if you have like a giant sword you cut it into maybe four pieces and then you can glue them together or use magnets to reattach them to make one solid form when after you finish traveling but i this is like the first time I've ever used a massive prop. So at Birmingham Insomnia, I just carried around a giant sword, which also melted in the car because it was the first time I've ever thought the UK would get too hot to melt plastic. So that's always something that you learn. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh yeah, it like bubbled up. It was not nice. <laughs> but you know, you learn and you learn. And you, you keep going for stuff like that. But yeah, it's everything you kind of learn on the go. Um, but keeping characters together... And then just find as many categories as possible. So even for makeup, like in my head, I'm like, okay, here's where like eyeshadow goes and lipsticks go, but then sometimes they can cross paths. So when they do, that is its own section. So I've got face paint, which I can use as either weird eyeshadow or lipstick, depending on like the product. So if you have another category, then make like a space for that category. It's very like Marie Kondo, just like keep things in places and if they are good quality and you like them keep them (laughs) throw throw stuff you don't need away or sell them and you know reuse it's good stuff
1: Mm. oh on the front like getting rid of stuff there's a really good app called Olio. actually you might like it for getting stuff as well
2: (laughs) yeah i was like hello (laughs) another car boot sale but maybe online fantastic yeah
1: (laughs) So it's like you find stuff in your local area. I'm forever putting stuff on there, and I've got some great finds on there as well. Like I've got, I've got a juicer that I got from Olio, and it's just like basically oh. people just getting rid of stuff that they are not going to use, and like it's all about you know sort of like sharing what you're not using or that you've got surplus of. So it's not just collecting dust in an attic somewhere.
2: Ooh, that is a good one. I, yeah. I'm definitely going to be looking into that after this
1: podcast (laughs) (laughs) like
2: literally I would be straight on that how many yoga mats can I get
1: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's that's a a great one for gaining and getting rid of stuff Uh, and it makes you feel less less bad about being a hoarder (laughs) (laughs) of of creative things because sometimes I just go on there and look at the wanted section because I've just got so many things I keep that I'm like this could come in useful but I've had it for ages and then someone's like I need this and I'm like I have that that." like it's gonna be so better that you're using it (laughs) than me saving it for that one time and I just think since I've found that I feel like if I do need something I'm sure someone has it and I can ask I put, i
2: put myself an expiry date oh god okay so i uh, just i guess more tips for cosplay um i've got a app called cos planner but you can always just use a piece of paper i guess <laughs> I just write <laughs> in down, doubt just to... <laughs> <literally>. <laughs> uh, and i wrote i write down every single like cosplay that i would like to do so even if i'm just watching a tv show and i'm like oh that character from jojo's bizarre adventure i want that write it down or i want to do the goomba from mario or whatever like you'd write that down and then on this list they have like percentages so after you get all of the characters in a list you can basically see what you might need or whether or not you like throw it away or resell it so i've got like a christmas ornament it's just a ball but it's like clear plastic and i saw it and i'm like i'm gonna use that in a cosplay i bought it and then was like there is not a single character that needs this and i know because i go down that list of like 50 plus characters <laughs> none of them need a clear plastic <laughs> ball and then very 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 recently so i've had this clear plastic ball from the works or from wilco's or whatever shop it's from um i have that All right, and- Wilko. People can um so sad. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but since then I've literally found one use for it, but it it has taken like a year and I haven't actually got to that character yet. So it's it is gathering dust, but in my head I'm like, I can't leave it, I'm gonna need it for a cosplay. But as long mm-hmm. as you put a name to it, then you're okay. If you don't have a name to it, then yeah, then reshare it, you know, get it give it out, share
1: the love. <laughs> mm-hmm. You just, sorry, I've just had to take a note down because uh, I'm like, I have a similar thing, but mine's mine's on Notion, but I f- forgot about Cosplanner. I want to go back to Cosplanner to get some ideas on to how to pr- improve my Notion page. <laughs> so I'm just like, let me just write a note down. <laughs>
2: I'm now getting what Notion is. I've just like, Googled it. Oh, like, we, can, Notion? we can, yeah, we can,
1: we can, will change whole, your life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we could, we could collaborate on a, a, a a cos planning template uh because i definitely awesome. love some some uh some feedback because i'm trying to get my cosplay more organized and i'm like i think of a yeah anyway i can spend hours on notion i absolutely love it <laughs> honestly like yeah <laughs> me
0: too let's let's turn this into a notion podcast
1: <laughs> done let's go um, yeah so i was like i need to write a note <laughs> on my little little page yeah anyway uh let's get back to the interview before
2: uh we just go off on one
1: yeah we just change this whole whole thing to how how to use notion for cosplay maybe that's a future episode
2: maybe <laughs> get me on that one yes <laughs> i will probably be better equipped for that time
1: <laughs> so you know that's actually quite a great insight into a bit of your your creative process. So once you've written down your idea and you've put it on Cosplanner, um, and I know you sort of just said when you find something that might be useful, you sort of like check it. What are the what are the next steps? Sort of uh, putting together your your cosplay from idea to show showing it, I guess.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um. So what I usually do is get references. So step one is. Character good. Step two is write character down <laughs> because the amount of times of like I want to do that character and then I turn around and I have absolutely no memory of what I'm just looking at. So my next character is Neela, also from League of Legends. They just have a very good range of diverse characters, but also I've been playing League since I was eleven, <laughs> so it's kind of got a close place in my heart. But yeah, so I get a reference up, a uh, Twitter and. Oh, where's the other place? Pinterest are like your best friends when it comes to references. Obviously, Google and stuff like that. Pinterest is very good for closet cosplays. Like you will be surprised. Things like uh, what they're called sewing patterns, which you can get from anywhere online, probably. <laughs> um, For like a t-shirt or something, like you can always adapt sewing patterns. and You get all of this giant inspiration from Pinterest, which is fantastic. And it's a very quick and easy way to get Not the references, but the how-to for things. But what I do is, after I break all of the areas down, so, for example, this Neela character, she's got, like, a dress, but it's, like, a block of yellow. So I'm going to just write, get yellow fabric. And then she's got, like, trousers that are a block of purple. i put, get purple fabric. But then sometimes, if there's something that's, like, really weirdly specific, like, the wig is cut in, two halves i'm like do i just put get one wig and then see what i can do from then on out so there are there's a bit of wiggle room when it comes to planning things like that but i think the majority is just write everything down that you see and then trim it up afterwards so for example the the yellow fabric she has like armbands that are also yellow and they're the same yellow now you'd use the same fabric but when you're thinking about how much you need to get it's it's kind of like it's the hurdle that you'll eventually get to if that's if that makes sense. So don't over plan it, just kind of generalize, trim it up, and then when you get to it, then you can kind of expand unless it's like a limited edition fabric, then maybe go a, a little bit overboard. Allow yourself to enjoy the fabric when you want to go buy it. Um, <laughs> or in, in our case, I guess, the um, <laughs> the yoga mats. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've also got polystyrene and I have yet to play with that because I have no clue <laughs> what I'm doing, but it's lighter than a yoga mat. So, And I have worked with cardboard as well. That one is fantastic. Cardboard is very, very good. I don't look at a cosplay and think, I'm going to make that out of cardboard. Um, but I did do like Moana's paddle out of a piece of wood from B&Q and a bit of cardboard, you know, just recycled like Amazon boxes, <laughs> things like
1: that. Um, oh, yeah. I got a yeah. collection of those going on. and <laughs> It's great for <laughs> cosplay. You will be surprised. It's great for um, stiffer things.
2: Yeah, it's, it's really good as well. I mean, you know, when we were talking about... Um, not Notion, it was the one before Notion Olio and like selling yeah. old stuff You can always obviously use your old plastics uh, I mean your old cardboards To resell your own like products Or whatever if you're sharing things Like I use Vinted So I, if I buy something I use all of my old Cardboard, oh, yeah. put all my stuff in there And then send it away But then I'm also like I end up then keeping loads of boxes So when it comes to like storing cosplay I'm like do I use this box for storing cosplay? Or do I use it to kind of sell some of my old cosplay in, or sell this random glue gun that I have? I have three glue guns. You do not need that many glue guns. No. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> you don't.
1: Um. Um, anyway, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're great when it comes to budgeting costumes because, I mean, cosplay can be so expensive, but it sounds like you're quite resourceful. So do you have any tips on like budget in for costumes and props especially for new cosplayers
2: a hundred percent i think it is a good mix of things actually this was a conversation a while ago in in terms of budgeting cosplays you'll often find that there are up-and-coming like fast fashion cosplay companies that will make a cosplay that's like 30 pounds or something and you're like, oh, that's really good. It means I don't have to buy like a yard of something and then trim it down. Where, you know, if you're new to cosplay, you will end up making three versions out of like bed sheets and then like kind of practicing making things. You'll basically end up using your time and effort. I mean, it's good because you'll learn a skill, but if you have a deadline for it, then you'll feel like it's easier if you buy a cosplay, totally fine. You can do that. I've done that. But I feel like in terms of things that are cheaper, I would go for closet cosplays first and then adding things on. A good example of this was do you, I did Moana. I I actually originally used my real hair for it and then I got a wig afterwards because I don't have that much volume to be Hawaiian um, or a Disney character. But I was also like, I went on Amazon and I got the shirt for it and then everything else, I so like the skirt... I actually use trousers for because I just feel like I guess maybe my heritage was just kind of like instead of using a skirt maybe use trousers I don't know it's in my brain um, but you kind of just kind of if you work with what you have you actually end up budgeting subconsciously I, th- I feel like that was so kind of drilled in my mind and it's nothing to do with the fact that I can or can't afford to do things. Again, giant 3D printed sword. Please don't do a giant 3D printed sword. It's massive and really heavy. And I'm a weakling. But that cost a lot of filament to make. So it's not about just your budget. It's also about convenience, you know, time. If there was no deadline and there was no... Yeah, if there was no deadline in general, then always use what you have. And if you can, get it as cheap as possible and then make it... Sorry, I'm losing my own tangent. <laughs> you can kind of like hear me like, where is she going with this? Um, but yeah, if you start with what you have, you will subconsciously budget all the time. Reusing things as well. So I have a blue bunny suit that I used in like as just a T-shirt for something that I used um for farah for one of the characters and then for another character i used it for something else so you could there is always a way (laughs) if you (laughs) you stare at your cosplays long enough there is always a way to reuse stuff especially wigs i have like a giant like i don't even know if it's called a shoe rack but it's basically like a piece of fabric that goes in the back of my door with lots of pockets in it. And in each pocket, oh, yeah. there is just a wig with a, that's a different color. Like I have a green wig. I have like three black wigs for some reason. Um, like two blonde wigs. But then I've also used the blonde wig for like several different characters. So, you you know, you never know what you can get away with. Budget is is friendly as long as you reuse. So that's, I think, where I was going. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I,
1: I think we got some great budgeting tips out of that. I think we got multiple yeah. budgeting tips out of that. So definitely answered the question. <laughs> and we met quite recent, actually. So we met at Insomnia um like what we just over a week ago, <laughs> by like a day. <laughs> <laughs> like um, I said,
0: we mean it when we say come on the show.
1: Insomnia is actually really useful for us for getting uh, podcast guests.
0: Insomnia is like a recruitment drive for us. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it is good, though. It, there's a bunch
2: of like creative people all in one place. Yeah. yeah. It is very that.
0: Thank you,
1: Insomnia, for doing the work for us. Yeah. I mean, we literally got podcast guests on the fly <laughs> at Insomnia. Yeah. Uh, you'll have to wait for the, the audio version for that, because it will be gone by the time this comes out. Yeah, I think. I think I'm asked, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, was this your first time attending? I um, attended two insomnias
2: ago. So, technically, last year. So, there was I 69 and then I 70. Um, this was my first with my sister. So, that was really interesting. Oh, cool. Yeah, I think she likes it. I'm like, <laughs> like overall, she was like, this is great. But mm-hmm. I think because I go to so many conventions and I'm used to the atmosphere she isn't so mm. she found it not busy but she just saw loads of things to do and then she wanted to do all of them and then couldn't in the time that she thought she did or didn't have so she was like oh i'd definitely go to another one but because insomnia have two a year she's like no i'll just go to one next year kind of thing
1: mm um, so how do you prepare for conventions? Um, and that's both in terms of like getting your costume together and your overall convention experience.
2: Wow. Okay. So I tend to pack everything the night before. I, I decide which character I'm going to do months prior just in case, you know, something breaks or something doesn't fit anymore that happens to. Um, I don't mean like gaining a shoe size, but like sometimes something just won't fit and it'll give you enough time to then kind of prepare or over-prepare before you get to the event. But I tend to get a suitcase, and then this is so over the top, but I will be condensing it as well. I have a makeup bag. I don't actually wear that much makeup, but I always know that that there will be a cosplayer somewhere that has either forgotten setting spray, or they need red lipstick, or they're like face paint is like melting so i always have a like just a separate bag from my suitcase that just has all of my makeup in it um i'm slowly reducing things to like a single palette so instead of having red lipstick i just have like face paint (laughs) and you can kind of use it for everything so i'm kind of going down that route but just preparing everything the night before and i Usually, like leave it in my living room next to the door, so when I walk past the door to leave, <laughs> I know that I haven't forgotten anything. I know that some people kind of if they're going by car, they'll put everything in the car, but I just feel like in terms of a safety risk, there won't be anyone like looking in your car like oh they've they've got stuff in their car like it's kind of up in the air for thieves or whatever um but yeah, I just keep everything in my living room just kind of on the floor, taking up so much space that my parents hate me. And it's just kind of um, like a mini checklist as well. So um, it's weird, again, as a creator and a cosplayer, things like a tripod and what you call it, like phone battery packs, like a backup phone charger kind of thing. They are like staple, but they're the things I always forget so that is literally like it's still by my door (laughs) just in case I go to another convention I'm like oh yeah there's my tripod (laughs) like that's never
1: leaving the living room oh god I have so many power banks and I like still seem to forget them I have a (laughs) whole system so that I don't forget them but then I'll like put it on charge and then like forget to put that And I've got like the one that I prefer I've got like a super duper one but it's quite heavy and like oh god yeah I I totally get that.
2: Speaking of leaving it on charge, I had a neck fan for the for Insomnia, the one gone. Because they were like, oh, it's going to be a really hot weekend. I was like, oh, cool, I can actually use the fan that I got, like, ages ago. And I left it on charge. So, <laughs> yep, then I got to the event and I was boiling. But I also, like, the next convention that I go to, whether it's Insomnia, not Insomnia, um, the October MCM, like that's probably not going to need a fan. Like I literally have fully charged it for it to be used next year. <laughs> the UK, <laughs> the weather just won't let me <laughs> have any sunshine. God damn it.
0: Yeah, though, summer's <laughs> packed up and left. So
2: yeah, it's gone. Done.
1: Yeah. I, I feel like we're going to get another another wave. I feel like it's never quite over.
2: I, I kind of hope so because I'm I'm a big fan of the sun. Like that massively, yeah. Changes my mood in an instant.
1: I feel like last year we got another like hot spell in October.
2: If we do, I'm, I've, I'll, I'll, I'll get the the fan ready.
1: <laughs> yeah, so don't don't pack it up just <laughs> yet.
2: I'll, I'll keep it out.
1: <laughs> I think once we hit November, like that's normally when when we're yeah. like, okay, we're summer's gone, gone. But I feel like yeah, because i I've been to a few October Comic Cons where it's still been warm.
2: Ooh, okay, I'll keep it out then. <laughs> i'll bring it with me and then yeah I don't know, nice. i'll hand out
1: <laughs> and it's always hot inside as well so that's a oh, so what value do you get from attending the in-person events versus just cosplaying to post online
2: Ooh, that is a good question it's interesting actually i do find myself just kind of looking at my instagram as is right now because instagram you know me being again dyslexic mainly a visual person. I tend to use Instagram quite a lot. Um I will be crossing over to places like Twitter, maybe even like there's been a whole bunch of like social media kind of like pop-up things. So there's threads that have come up recently. There's Hive Social. There's a whole bunch of different um social media that has just kind of bloomed since COVID um and lockdown. Um, and since then I've been like, oh, time to social media manage my entire life <laughs> or, or every cosplay I have ever done onto like multiple platforms. I feel a little bit like it's a mix and match. I kind of use my Instagram as a portfolio of things, but depending on like which one I prefer, as, as in like, do I prefer to post things online or do I prefer to see people in real life and kind of show off my cosplay that way, I guess. Ooh, I want to say it's 50 50, but it kind of isn't. I really enjoy talking to people again, maybe because I'm dyslexic and typing out a caption versus just talking to someone about how many times I accidentally pricked my finger <laughs> sewing this one thing, or the fact I've got like a, um, like I stayed up all night doing this one art. Or I just feel like a person to person contact when it comes to showing off your work will always feel a bit more joyous than maybe posting it online but again having it online is just like a quick oh i've done this thing and then you can just show someone that you've done it so i've been in a i was in a conversation yesterday actually where i was telling someone that i did ahsoka from star wars um and they were like oh i can kind of see it and then i'm like oh wait i can actually show you <laughs> and then i kind of get my phone out and then i'm like oh i did this and they're like oh cool so i can it's it's very 50 50 in that way um obviously just any form of like talking to people is always going to be something I really, really enjoy doing. But I guess if you see the person face to face, even if it's multiple people or groups of people and whatnot, I just prefer conventions in that way. Also, I feel like you are out of your own head when you put something online. I personally don't look that deep into things. Obviously, if comments happen, that's great. And. I don't know. Just people. People are fantastic. <laughs> keep keep being people. People keep doing things.
1: <laughs> so do you have any like favourite or memorable experiences you've had at an event?
2: Ooh, Oh my god, that's a very good question. I think it depends on the cosplay. And I know that sounds a bit odd, but I did the Emperor's New Groove a while back. And the amount of people that would just kind of come up to me and then quote, the Emperor's New Groove and then just walk off is fantastic. I absolutely love it. And I don't think I'd get it if I was to, like... I, I don't know. It, it literally is just down to... There, there are so many, like, good times. Um, Sorry, I'm trying to find them to physically say them. Uh, but The Emperor's New Groove is the best one. I really enjoyed doing Catwoman because you can just kind of go to every Batman and just... <laughs> play planks on them jokers riddlers you'll always find a spider-man as well so i did miss marvel um that was really good um my miss marvel i ended up going to a premiere in london with that miss marvel cosplay so there there are so many different experiences um, i feel like the miss marvel one was probably the biggest to be fair i did ah uh, the the peter parker what's his name spider-man india i think um i went to the i cosplayed as him at a premiere as well but i made that in like two days like after work so like a total of like seven like five seven hours and then i just showed up at the premiere like hi this is a cosplay (laughs) you know who i am because you'll watch the movie in a second and then after the movie people like oh what a great character and i'm like nice but before watching the movie people like oh i guess you're spider-man like there's loads of different interactions i don't think i could put any of them on a
1: pedestal. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Honestly, all equal. It's just about like the amount of enthusiasm you get um, from different people. It's good. Cosplay is great.
1: Can you give us a little sneak peek of any sneak peek of any upcoming cosplay plans?
2: Ooh, yes. So the next one I want to do is going to be well for me mentally. It is going to be a big cosplay, not physically, just personally. I think because I would like to enter a competition with this. Character. I have not entered any competitions apart from online ones, which is like you upload an image and then you like don't hear anything about it for a couple of days and then you get a reply like whether you've become a contender or whatnot. But I want to go to either Insomnia or to an MCM, not the one um, upcoming because I think there was like a cut off date. But I would like to enter a competition as Neela from um, League of Legends, um, and I am going to be making that completely from scratch. And that's going to be <laughs> using a lot of yoga mats, but also like reusing a lot of stuff. I really like the idea of upcycling things. But yeah, that's going to be the next one coming up. I'm really excited for it. I hope you guys are too. You'll you'll get a little sneak peek of me having a breakdown. <laughs> be like, I can't get this one thing right.
1: <laughs> oh no. I'm sure you'll do great. So we spoke earlier a bit about the fact that you've got a full-time job and before you you were still still studying. So how have you been able to strike a balance between your everyday life and um, cosplaying as a hobby, especially when it comes to time management and responsibilities? So
2: time management is so important but so is harnessing your creativity. I always find that there's a certain hour at night, I don't know, it'll be like after tea, 8 p.m. Sorry, I just realized I said tea and that's a very Northern thing. (laughs) Um, After like 8 p.m. I'll be like, oh, I'm really in the mood to like draw and paint something for two hours. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, I'm going to harness that energy and move it towards doing that cosplay. But I also find... That giving yourself deadlines that are relatively public, so something that gives like accountability. So if you say to I don't know, say you have a following or if you have a friend that is also really interested in doing cosplay, I will message them like, right, I'm going to be doing, um I'll give myself a deadline for a month to finish this weapon for this character. So f- for Neela upcoming, she's got like a little magic wand whip thing. Don't really know what it is. Um, but I'm going to give myself to the end of this month to finish it. So having someone else, just in my opinion, like if someone else was like, right, OK, whereabouts are you with this? That is really helpful. You you, you can time manage all you want and say, OK, on Monday, I'm going to paint on Tuesday. I'm going to sew Like you can try that. If that works for you, then, oh my God, amazing. Keep going. That's a pot of gold you've got right there, but I've never been able to kind of stick to that routine. But having other people be accountable for the work that I do feels like so much more pressure and diamonds are formed under that, you know, like (laughs) I'm just going to get stuff done better if someone else is like, hey, whereabouts you up with it? And if that's a following, whether like, oh, we're really excited to see your work or whether that's my sister being like hi have you finished this in time yet i'll be like oh maybe like i don't know it just feels like it raises the stakes a bit more but it also means you get it done and that's for i think any artist if they ever come with artist block like that is a big thing to do so setting mini goals and then telling people those goals that is like that is good for me
1: and um 8pm getting your creativity kick is a uh... That's a nice time. I wish mine came at eight pm. Mine comes at like eleven pm. Yeah, between the hours of eleven pm and two am.
2: <laughs> oh, hundred percent. I think it's um the in the intro before when there was too many hobbies. It's because I'm doing the other stuff. <laughs> so mm. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna play guitar. I'm gonna go and cook. I'm gonna stare at the garden for a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. take like, uh, all of those things are going on in the background so say for example if you do have a full-time job after that you just want to go to sleep or you just want to play a game but then those things can eat up your time like nothing especially if you're de-stressing and coming away from that is kind of impossible especially if you kind of consider cosplay as a second job i kind i want to say i see it like that you know i i have an office for it i i have an office for when i work from home but then I literally turn around and then I have my sewing machine. <laughs> like right there, I'm like, "hmm, this is kind of like a job for me, but in a good way. and my colleagues are at the con, you know? like it's it's definitely something that you know, you need to be dedicated to do. But when it comes to getting yourself maybe in a, a rhythm, I always find that, okay, after food, it's time to go and do something. So I feel like maybe there's some kind of subconscious training there. So at work, you have a break. Hopefully, if over, I think it's in the UK every four and a half hours, you're legally required to have a break. I think, I think it's oh, six. No. Is it six? Oh no, they changed it.
1: Oh, no, <laughs> no, I think it's, it's always been six. six.
2: Oh, right. Okay. Well, you're legally required to have a break. Yeah. I might have to arrest myself.
1: <laughs> it's like <laughs> if you're working for x amount of hours you should have a break after x amount of hours rather than yes
2: the the time that might be out of date information apologies 2020
1: if you're younger it's different so it changes at 21 or 23 yeah there's different there's different laws okay i'm gonna
2: fact check myself later to be like am i I doing work legally or illegally (laughs) um also there
1: is a waiver you can sign (laughs) so oh right
2: yeah yeah you can (laughs) i did that at builder bear anyway (laughs) um so yeah the i think when you get used to at least if you're working a nine to five and then after lunch you're like okay gotta go to work and you're kind of in that mindset when you come back from well when i come back from work i tend to like have a, like, a session of relax that then leads to food. That then leads to like a bit of brain power usage. <laughs> Whether that's like a one hour, 15 minutes, or like five. I honestly don't know. To be fair, the closer I get to sleep, the more pressure I feel. So, for example, the Samira cosplay, which I had at Insomnia on Saturday. I actually entered a competition, but they moved the competition date early. So excuse me, to about like two or three weeks. And I was like, wow, that is a lot of time to, you know, become early for that competition uh, deadline. So I was like, right, well, I've just got to get things together. So I ended up spending, instead of pacing it over, I think it was three days that I had leeway for, I just crashed all of it in one night. So then I ended up being ready for the two days to kind of, um, I think for some competitions you have to do like, written word of what you used where so obviously for me it was I took every yoga mat ever and then put it all in this one Samira cosplay so like me putting all of those in like I I do end up harnessing that energy more under pressure again with the deadline thing like maybe it's because of my um, education going from high school then college then uni where everything had a deadline it kind of gets ingrained in you over so many years that It's a mix between just kind of being trained to kind of hit those deadlines or just getting into a natural rhythm of things. So my nine to five job told me that after you eat, you should probably go and do something. So I just paced that from work. So after five, I'd come back, probably play a bunch of video games or watch anime, read some manga, like have that cool down time, And then just after that, I'm like, oh, I'm hungry again. So then I'll go eat. And then I'm like, oh, I need to go do something. And then I'm just trained. I'm like a robot
1: yeah so do you bring any of your like everyday life into your cosplay or bring cosplay into your everyday life
2: yes i once did a oh actually wait i did a cosplay as the yellow power ranger because again childhood moving from different areas power rangers were on at the same time as um, sailor moon for me um, when it was airing and loved the yellow power ranger and in the middle east specifically around the gulf area there is a headpiece that's made of gold uh, which we call a gub gub which means crab but it's very like stereotyped but like i don't know like a belly dancer's headpiece made of gold if you like googled it that is what you would find but it's very kind of like local to my heritage and that is something that i have brought from a very personal me thing into cosplay that's kind of the direction i was going and i was like hey this is something that i mean the the yellow Power Ranger has absolutely no clue about. But I'm bringing that in and I was like, yeah, that is something there. Something I brought from cosplay into my day-to-day life is probably my confidence because you kind of build that up when you go to conventions or when you post things online or whatnot. Like Like the people who tend to approach you about that thing will know about that thing. So again, with the Power Rangers, I had a bunch of other people like, oh, I love the Power Rangers. And then you just kind of get that dopamine hit where you're like, this is great. And then you can carry that over to to everyday life. So I've talked to people at work about Star Wars. Whereas if I'd never been to a convention and knew that it like wasn't as nerdy as I thought it would, I probably wouldn't have talked to those people. So,
1: <laughs> so I noticed that you mentioned like bringing in uh, what was it the, the head grub thing. grub gub gub. Gub gub.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what me and my mum called it, um, just crab. <laughs> I don't even. Wait, I actually I should probably Google what this is called. Uh, but yeah, go
1: on. I was only mentioned bringing in like the the gub gub into your your cosplay, and you have said already that it's quite you bring a lot of personal stuff into it. So, can you share a cosplay that has a a personal meaning to you in terms of your identity or background?
2: Ooh, oh my god <laughs> this is gonna get very deep very quickly um so and um, because I'm, I'm making it like that i don't need to obviously make it as deep as it needs to be i'm um, sorry that was just me telling myself it's fine um i have <laughs> a um, cosplay which is miss marvel which as a kid um i think it was i say as a kid it wasn't even that long ago i used to look for comic book characters that i would relate to My sister used to read Wolverine, which obviously, no clue where that comes from, in terms of like, relatability. But she was like, oh, hey, you would really like some of these comics, you know, would you like to borrow mine? And where I used to live next to the mosque, so I grew up Muslim, next to the mosque was the comic shop. So we'd like leave the mosque and then immediately go into the comic book shop. And there was a character, Ms. Marvel, and then I was like, oh my god, relatability in every page. Fantastic. And then I bought the costume because it's so like I I bought the cosplay for the live action. I made the one that wasn't live action, but then I bought the one that was, if that makes sense. So comic book one, I made TV series. I bought. Sorry, I don't know why I had to specify that. (laughs) Um for that and then going to the premiere like that has was like full circle. Yeah, I've gone from like reading a character on and then just relating on so many levels to one character to then meeting the live action actress is that's kind of insane and I would never even think to be like anywhere like that that in my head still feels a little bit like a fever dream was it implanted in my brain no clue <laughs> <laughs> but like that's kind of how it feels so Miss Marvel was definitely like a big thing for me but The League of Legends is where I'm kind of going with that because when I came from the Middle East to the UK, the first game, obviously being free, really helped, but League had a bunch of diverse characters that some other games didn't. Assassin's Creed was also a good one, so I really wanted to do an Assassin's Creed cosplay but never really got round to doing that. But um, the Samira one that I did last week is kind of like a very romantic homage to like... Being an Arab, I think literally her like title is Samira the Desert Rose. And I'm like, lol, that's me. So so I was like, I'm going to cosplay that character now. So that was, I don't know. So Samira, Miss Marvel, there's just so many like just very special characters that I really enjoy cosplaying. It's great. Marvel (laughs) is great and League is great, right? Games.
1: (laughs) That was really good. And so we're ending on another difficult question, but what does success look like to you?
2: Ooh, I think when it comes to success, I I think you can only like, I can only draw from what has already happened around me to be like, oh, that's success. And for me, that is, I feel like happiness is a stereotype to be like, oh, well, I want to be happy when I grow up. And It's very like, well, you you can be happy anytime, but I'm also very for that. I think at the moment I'm having um <clears throat> a bit of like a, So like professionally, I'm currently working a nine to five job and then I then come home to make cosplay and to me, making cosplay to turn into my profession in my mind would be success. Like that would be a career choice that I would go down a hundred percent. I'd like to maybe go into streaming. That could be like a profession that I'd like to have. It doesn't have to be based on profession, but I do think that those things make me happy. Therefore that is success. I feel like if uh, maybe if I just picked a better job <laughs> then I could maybe just be more successful in that way in my mind being comfortable is something that I think I can be very grateful for that I would also consider successful I know you said this was a difficult question it very much is um so, but I'm kind of kind of ticking off everything that I would consider success so that would be both comfort something that I think challenges you uh, which is probably where cosplay comes in again that is successful so if i can like if i look at my samira now and then in like two years time i don't know why i said two in the future i'm not gonna give myself a <laughs> deadline in the future if that cosplay becomes so much better success off the bat so yeah challenge comfort which are literal opposites by the way <laughs> um, <laughs> happiness which obviously is kind of It's very much a friends you made along the way is where happiness comes from. Along with success, I feel like the journey is going to be much better than the destination, which is a a very cosplay thing. So you can make a cosplay and then you learn so many skills from making cosplay. But then even if you decided to cut that corner and purchase a cosplay, you will always find a way to um, say, for example, if you're just going to go down the modeling route and you wanted to just post images on instagram or if you if you wanted to kind of just go down that route so instead of making your stuff you're buying your stuff you're still learning skills you are still learning to pose or learn lighting or learn makeup you know there is always something to learn and that is valuable like learning stuff oh my god always say yes to learning a new skill like do not close any books even if you think you already know the skill like i know how to sew the answer is no i actually don't What is this particular presser foot? What is this needle? Why do I need to have layers? What? Just keep going. (laughs) Keep going and don't say like, no to learning any skill.
1: In each interview, we like to ask our guests to give advice for aspiring creative professionals. And we've been talking cosplay today. So what advice uh, do you have for our listeners? that you may that may want to get started in creating their own cosplay outfits and sharing them with the world it can be something you've already said or it can be something new entirely
2: ah so the saying yes thing doesn't actually just like confine to just cosplay because cosplay is massive (laughs) it's not just kind of like you can be a cosplay photographer you can be a cosplayer that's mainly online or one that is mainly in conventions or you only do competitions or you only do closet cosplays and you're there to support a friend or like all of that you just need to have a very positive mindset which is kind of where the yes kind of ties in when i first started cosplaying i was on my own and then i went to a convention with my sister actually but when my sister was like oh i don't really want to go to one this was back in like 2016 which was a while ago and then since then I thought actually I really enjoy going to these and then I just went and then with a positive mindset I was able to meet people like that whole journey is only because I had a positive mindset because at the end of the day going to the conventions you're you're going there and then at the end of the day you're you're tired you're on your feet all the time you aren't as comfortable you know you're not like um like going around well In my opinion, you're kind of going around, you're talking to loads of people, you're on your feet all day, you're probably less hydrated than you should be. Like, food is also a thing that you need (laughs) when you go to conventions. But, yeah, if you keep a positive mindset, then you should be able to just plough through that. If you wanted to make a cosplay, a positive mindset will help you plough through that. Like, it's not about saying yes all the time, because you do need to know your own limits. But if you have a positive mindset about when you say no, then that becomes a yes as well. So in my head, I'm like, I'm not going to actually make Samira's torso out of leather. I'm going to like paint it with, you know, the color black and I'm going to use a different type of material. But, you you know, you are your own worst critic. So you would be like. You know, if you had a negative mindset or if you had that intrusive thought where it's like, oh, you know, this is going to look really, really bad. If you have a positive mindset, that literally wouldn't exist. So you just pull out through it and then it gets done. And then that is like probably the best piece of advice. I also think I got that from my dad. Like, My dad was like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> and now look at where I am. Thanks, dad. Um, but yeah, literally just keep a positive mindset, which kind of leans itself into that whole yes thing. Mm-hmm. mentally, mentally positive.
0: So this is the part where we do like to throw in random questions or questions that don't quite fit anywhere else. And there's one burning question that I, that I had after you said a very specific word, Coco, and that word oh. is tea. So this actually came up recently. having some kind of discussion about the word tea and who uses it and in the word supper so you've kind of answered the first part because tea's a northern thing right i I feel we don't say this in the south
1: okay (laughs) so
0: can you just give us a definition of tea for people lower than i don't know birmingham
2: (laughs) (laughs) i love this north south divide for this word (laughs) (laughs)
1: because
2: it's insane um mainly because There are a bunch of like standing arguments for it. So obviously when I was in the Middle East and then I came over, I would use breakfast, lunch, and dinner, which is very
0: interesting. The the classics. Ah,
2: Now, then when I went to primary school, they were like, oh, but you call the the like, they're not assistants, they're dinner ladies. They are like the ladies that are there at dinner. That stereotype means dinner must be lunch. But I still can't use dinner, but then tea. Kind of slipped in. That was fine. So breakfast was will always be breakfast. I can't even like. I feel like brekkie <laughs> is fine, but breakfast and then breakfast it,
0: is untouchable.
2: It's even. untouchable, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> unless it's in Arabic. <laughs> and then oh, wow. I like, ah, sure. And my mum's like, "What are you talking about?" And then like, oh, breakfast, and be like, "Ah." But yeah, lunch will always be lunch. I don't know I'm living in the north, and I'm gonna have daggers at me, but <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> and then tea, afternoon meal. Sorry, evening meal like that is still gonna be tea for me and then for now supper the word for supper i think in the north actually means the meal that you have after so i think it was when people had like after tea yeah you have supper which is like even later it depends on when you have your tea
1: so this is what i want to question because you even went to say afternoon is when you have your
2: That was a slip, which is literally (laughs) it's literally
1: called.
0: We'll we'll edit out.
1: Well, there's literally (laughs) afternoon tea. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh, but that depends. Which is a whole different thing.
2: We can have brunch as well. You know, like there's a lot (laughs) that
1: we can do. I mean, brunch is very modern, (laughs) and it's also just a reason for like more food. Yeah. (laughs) It's actually not less about. It's less about food.
0: It's more about the meeting. Is it? I have I, I, I don't do brunch. Actually. That's
1: why I say bottomless it? brunch. Yeah. Bottomless oh. brunch. You don't eat. You just drink. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's the thing. I feel like maybe that's why there's so much of a north side of south divide on this because afternoon tea is like you get tiny sandwiches and, oh, I was going to say cupcakes, but then cupcakes, fairy yeah. cakes, they're all different things in the North. Um, a, a dessert that is very small and um, a cup of
1: tea. That's what afternoon tea is, yeah.
2: Yeah, okay. I'm, gl- I'm glad we are <laughs> That's started. why it's weird that you call
1: <laughs> dinner
2: tea. tea. I can't use dinner for tea. It will or always be, it'll be breakfast, lunch and tea. And then supper is if you had tea too early, which is... But then... It's so it's not really oh. a thing yeah. <laughs> just like to... <laughs> if you're really hungry so i i personally have breakfast lunch and then just to specify where tea is i come back from work at say like five then tea would be six when that's ready but then if i'm really hungry at like uh i don't know eight nine then that would and be we're breaking seven. out supper yeah but okay. well, that's only if I'm hungry. Then, if I'm asleep at 9 30 then no food. <laughs> but like, <laughs> that's where that would come in.
1: I feel like it's just too complicated.
0: Yeah, see, that's it's why we keep not, it to, to If
1: to not, you have more dinner, dinner, it's just another dinner. Like you're just yeah, you just eat more food. Have, <laughs> you can have you as can many dinners as you want. Yeah, <laughs> you
0: just do the sequel to dinner. <laughs>
1: you're just having a free like a more courses of dinner if you have multiple. Yeah, dinners. but
2: they're like three hours apart yeah, yeah you like, could
0: do that it'd yeah. just be like okay. avengers <laughs> endgame just a three-hour <laughs> three-hour dinner just, mean... just take it an intermission
2: and you'll be good to go wouldn't lunch and evening meal also be the second
1: and third course for breakfast then if you know because <laughs> yeah, so breakfast is break fast it's the first yeah. meal you eat after you've you like stopped <laughs> whipping out the dictionary
0: <laughs> <like>. <laughs> i think you'll find in the uh, the lexicon
1: of the <laughs> you can't you can't breakfast is like to me like breakfast isn't even a time of day it's just the first meal you eat oh okay after, that's no. fair that's after fair. you stopped eating the uh, day before yeah, that
2: just skews it then not
1: it's really because that's literally what it is it is breakfast that is that is the word that it is breakfast, yeah. breakfast can take over normally day. normally most people. Breakfast in the morning. <laughs> so what that's if you break up
2: around lunch, you're breaking your fast, but it's lunch time.
1: Like
2: breakfast,
0: breakfast takes priority, yeah. Yeah. it, <laughs> it, over, it overwrites. It, it overrides lunch. To
1: breakfast. Then that's fine. <laughs> so right. that, yeah, so that's then you might you probably miss lunch. So then, like most people at that point would miss lunch, which is your but then you have breakfast. No, because brunch, brunch <laughs> is this you've had Specific, breakfast and you're yeah. going to have lunch. It's in between breakfast brunch, and lunch. I'm not sure. So it's if you, you break your fast
2: and eat lo- at lunchtime, that's what it means in the North, I'm pretty sure. It's like, oh, I've woken up at like 11.30 slash 12. It's very close to lunchtime, but it's my first meal and I'm breaking yeah. my fast. Well, brunch <laughs> is like this new
1: fancy thing that's only existed in the last like, oh no. Five (laughs) to ten years. (laughs) It's not long. It's like if you go to brunch, like if you if you if you brunch, brunch, yeah. If you do brunch, it normally is bottomless and involves prosecco. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) if we're talking about traditional meals and not ones that are marketing campaigns, (laughs) (laughs) we don't recognise brunch as an authority. Uh, But yeah, for this for this conversation, I'm leaving brunch out because it is a marketing thing like brunch okay. was originated to market <laughs> okay it is very fascinating the the different terminology for me like i'm someone that just eats so the only <laughs> meal for me that actually has a name is breakfast because it's okay. whatever is the first <laughs> thing that i eat it's my it's my breakfast it doesn't even have to be an actual food it just has to be something that isn't water can count as breakfast because okay. yeah that's fine. technically if you have something that isn't water you're breaking your fast
2: yeah i get you yeah. <laughs>
1: okay okay um lunch is is skippable
2: i mean in the same breath as like what there is like a north-south divide have you heard about the bread argument well it's not an argument it's just like a what do northerners call bread because every single like area Wait. has a
1: different word for bread. You don't just call bread bread.
0: Bread, yeah. That's no. right. What's, what's okay. the mystery? What's...
2: <laughs> the mystery is whereabouts in the North you come from. I don't know if I'm allowed to like host, but basically the bread debate. <laughs> I'm not gonna like go off on one. But basically there is like tea, sorry, tea cake, a cob, a balm cake, a bread cake, softy, balm, bap, muffin, bun. Uh, morning roll batch wait but these are
1: all different types of breads
2: ah but in the north it's all just like a burger bun that is what that means <laughs> so all <laughs> of so them have different words also muffin confuses me because in my head a muffin is like
1: it's a muffin it, it, it's like a, <laughs> a dessert type oh, oh so wow. you don't know about the bread muffin because like muffin to me i think either like muffin like a breakfast muffin or whatever yeah or like muffin as in the flat round yeah thing that you toast and put whatever you want to put on it
2: it's literally just bread and i always just no, but that's a
1: completely different type of bread that's like a
2: type... I, I know <laughs> it's so different like,
1: a bap is a very specific thing i feel as well like a bap is when you're making a,
2: a bread roll
1: yeah like you're making a, a like sausage bap or a bacon bap or a chip bap so, that word bap
2: in like say like north manchester for example that yeah. is a that is a muffin in the north of manchester now i live in the like like I, I live like around manchester not the north but the the north and south even from manchester which is like small <laughs> in the uk in terms of like cities there is a divide <laughs> it's, it's wow. unreal the further north you go the more like <laughs> the, the, the just odder it gets i can't even pronounce half of them which is even worse <laughs> uh, but yeah bread man the bread debate we need to get on that yeah
0: <laughs> i did not expect to learn so much about bread tea supper this has been this could be a whole other, <laughs> whole other podcast i feel like uh informed and confused at the same time but i think yeah, we can all agree we do not recognize brunch
2: yeah i, I agree with that yeah. i second okay, that cool.
0: Uh, we we have healed the north south divide.
2: You know?
0: <laughs> one step at a time. <laughs> <In> one <laughs> one, one meal
1: time. <laughs>
0: so I will we'll wrap up there with one final thing. Uh, coco, where can people find you online to follow more of your
2: work? Honestly, every single social media I'll be under the same username, which is calling. So that's call i n g me coco calling me coco on Insta is the one the main one I use at the moment, but Twitch. Um, Twitter, literally anything. If 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 there is a username available, calling me Coco will be taken. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool. All right. Nice uh, brand consistency there. So, thank you very much for joining us and uh, letting us know more about your journey and the intricacies of bread in the north.
2: <laughs> thank you for having me. I am here for the debate.
0: <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> yeah. No problem.
0: And uh, yeah, we hope you've enjoyed this uh, talk about cosplay, uh, bread, tea, supper, all that. If you have, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a future episode. Also consider giving us a five-star rating and review, which helps us reach new listeners and fans of story discussions. Uh, We're story creators and you can discover our manga universe online. All the titles are available at our online store, including the latest series Through the Fog. And don't forget to join our Studio 77 Discord today and get ready for the new membership and we'll give you access to our video content, digital comic and illustration content and special access to events uh, in future. And we have a lot of events. Some of them are part of our Do I Look Like a Gamer video game representation campaign, which is now a yearly initiative for diversity and inclusion in the video games industry and wider culture. We've got a bunch of plans. We are Still working on things for 2023, check out looklikeagamer.com to see all the plans we have uh, for that and stay tuned to the podcast because we have more episodes including creator interviews, video game discussions and deep dives into stories across pop culture. You can always give us a shout directly. Our email address is studio77 at mymatter.com and our website with links to subscribe is mymatter.com forward slash story x story thank you for tuning in Uh, until next time stay safe and remember to keep a positive mindset which will turn your nose into yeses and your battered sweaty yoga mats into your next greatest cosplay take care everyone